The Advocates Pro Golf Association is doing a lot to help minorities and young people get involved in playing golf. My good friends Cole Smith and Ken Bentley, who are pretty decent golfers themselves, stop by to talk about it all on This Lady Loves Sports. Let's go! Welcome to This Lady Loves Sports Podcast with Pat Prescott. Sports. She knows it all and is here to talk about it. So get ready to hear sports talk in a way that you've never heard before. It's This Lady Loves Sports Podcast. And here's your host, Pat Prescott. You're listening to This Lady Loves Sports. I'm Pat Prescott, and I do love my two guests today. They are old friends. I'd like to first of all welcome Ken Bentley, who uh, retired after 31 years as Vice President of Community Affairs and Workforce Diversity for Nestle, but he has not been sleeping. <laughs> he stays busy all of the time, and he is currently the president of the Advocates Professional Golf Association. Welcome, Ken. It's good well, to thanks, see you. Pat. Good to see you, too. And it's good to see my friend Cole Smith, who is the executive director of the organization. Cole is president and CEO of Sinclair Property Investments and has served on the board of the Advocates Foundation as well as the APGA Tour before taking on the role as executive director. He's kind of retired, too. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of y'all. I think you have to be retired to play golf yeah. to really be able to seriously pursue it. It does help. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, first of all, before we talk about the organization and all the great things that you guys are doing to encourage more widespread participation in golf uh, i want to talk about your own personal love stories with this sport that when people play golf they do really seem to fall in love right ken they do it's <laughs> uh some people have uh, said it's like a drug i swore i would never play golf I oh played, you did yeah i did swore i'd never <laughs> play couldn't understand why my friends were out there playing and I was working at Nestle, and in the beginning, everybody played tennis, and I was a tennis player, mm -hmm. and that was great. And then all the executives started playing golf. So I found that I was missing out on all of the meetings, uh, four hours with the CEO that all of these other guys were getting. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to just play enough to get good enough so I could participate in those meetings. Right, because a lot of business is going on on the golf. Oh, a lot. Well, of business. there's a lot of downtime in that sport, so that's well, there's just <laughs> part that, of it. That, there's just that time in the cart. There's that time. Mm -hmm. There's four hours you're with someone. You get to know so much about them. Uh, you're out there competing, but mostly you're you're having fun and you're interacting and you're talking about business. And so I just felt like I was at a disadvantage because I wasn't involved in those conversations. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to get good enough just so I can play with the guys. And then I fell in love with it. <laughs> then I wanted to get better and better. Right. I found myself just playing as every chance I got and. And that's where I am. I'm just a golf addict. So what do you love about it? A few things. One is you're outside. Mm -hmm. So you're um, no two days are alike. You know, no two courses are alike. You're, uh, there, you're out there with nature. And then you never master golf. I don't care how much you play. You know, uh, how good you think you get, you just never match. So you're always trying to. You know, when you see a guy like Tiger Woods who goes out there and struggles. So you know, you know, you'll never master it. But I just love the challenge. Yeah. 
What about you, Cole? Tell, tell us how you started playing and what it is that you love most about it. So, so for me, golf was so foreign. Growing up in New York City was all about basketball. <laughs> so my whole background. Basketball and handball. Ba- yeah. Basketball and handball. <laughs> there had to right? be some you, concrete somewhere. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it wasn't a sport that uh, most of the guys in my neighborhood gravitated uh, to. So basically, after I went overseas, I played, was playing basketball there. came back to California. I had fell in love with California during um, one summer. Growing up in New York, I was able to come out and visit family relatives here. And uh, so anyway, uh, later on, I'm I'm playing basketball again. I wind up uh, rooming with an individual that worked for the Clippers. He was a trainer. Carl Hahn was a trainer for the Clippers. And uh, shortly thereafter, I started working with the uh, Clippers as well as a, as an intern. And this is during the time they had um, Danny Manning and, uh-huh. and they had Ron Harper. So anyway, we... And they were uh, halfway good then. They were pretty good. <laughs> they, were, they were pretty good. And so... Um, after after morning practice, Ron Harper would always run over to the golf uh, golf range and hit balls. And so one day he invited uh, us to come, Carl and I, to come over. And we were over at the lakes in El Segundo. And Ron is going, you guys can't hit these balls. Y- y'all don't know nothing about golf. We're like, golf? It's, it's got to be simple. The ball is sitting right there. So we, we I got up and I, and I swung and I whiffed. I missed the whole ball. And I said, "Oh no! Wait a minute!" And at the time, there's a uh, there's a, a golf tr- a trainer, a golf instructor walking by, and it's a it's a, young, a man named uh, Bill Wright. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Bill Wright, Bill Wright was Tiger Woods before Tiger Woods. Bill was a 1958 uh, U.S. Amateur champ. So Bill's laughing, Ron Harper's laughing, and Carl and I are not having any of it. We're, we're saying, "Okay, we're, we're going to have to come back and figure out how to play this sport." Well, that. It didn't work out that way. That whole year, I struggled. I, I really couldn't figure it out. And uh, it took maybe six months off, and I came back to it, and Bill started giving me some lessons. And then from there, I fell in love with it, and it became a, a passion to mine. And, and then it was the uh, affiliation with uh, Ken Bentley and his group that helped to foster my relationship with golf. And then we were able to also give back to the community when we were bringing in the kids from uh, the different youth organizations. So what do you, what is it that you love the most about playing golf? What do you like about being out there? I like being outdoors. I grew up in the park areas in uh, New York, and so I always love being outdoors. And then I also like the, the camaraderie. The individuals you meet from different walks of life, uh, it's very special. And like Ken stated, you have a captive audience for four or five hours. So you get to learn a lot about an individual. You get to learn a lot about other things that you may not have uh, been aware of. Yeah, you know, something that, that you mentioned, Ken, that you alluded to that I think is is so true is that the fact that golf, to me, seems to be one of the most difficult sports to be consistently good at. I mean, because you can be good, but then you're playing against yourself, how you mm-hmm. played, you know, last time versus how you play in the day. You're playing against the field. You are playing the course. You're playing the weather. Mm-hmm. There's so many elements that you cannot control. And I think that that's why we have so many different winners Right. You know, for all of these tournaments. And, and that also kind of underscores how good you must really be to be an Arnold Palmer or to be a, a Tiger Woods or someone like that who wins consistently. Right. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. It's the and I played all sports. I played basketball and I played tennis and golf is by far the hardest because you have to learn golf. So you have to take lessons. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways to play, but there's also some basic stuff that you need to learn. In other sports, if you're a good athlete, you could go out and play basketball, a decent level of basketball. If you're a decent athlete, you could play uh, baseball. 
But golf, you really need to learn some fundamentals and techniques. So it is the most difficult, but that's what makes it exciting. You know, that's what I love about it. I love the challenge, uh, the fact that it is different every day because the weather does play a big part in it. Mm -hmm. The grass is different. So when you play different courses with different kinds of grass, um, you'll notice that it's different. I mean, Tiger Woods talks about how on the East Coast, there's a different uh, grass that they use for the greens. And so the putting's different than on the West Coast. So you have to adjust to that. The Midwest, because of the weather, mm-hmm. the, the grass reacts differently. So all that stuff makes it challenging and it makes it fun. I think Tiger also brought another element to it, an element of athleticism. You know, yeah. before, I mean, you would think about golf as... You know, people riding around in the car, not much real (laughs) activity involved. I mean, do you guys ride or walk? I ride mostly. Uh, (laughs) I I should walk, though. You know, I keep telling myself I'm going to walk more. But, you know, you're right about Tiger. Yeah. You know, he was the first guy to really work out and bring uh, all that uh, lifting weights and and all that. And so he forced all the other golfers to elevate their games by working out. And uh, I mean, he's he's an amazing story to me uh, because here's a guy people say okay tiger woods has all this god-given ability and he does have some but if you look at tiger he's not as big as phil mickelson nowhere near as big nowhere near as physically imposing as a number of the other golfers and what sets him apart is really his mind i mean tiger woods never missed a putt he had to make you know he won i think 14 out of 15 majors when he was in the lead Mm -hmm. you know he's a guy who could close his mind was just so much better than everyone else and it wasn't just the right. physical. People have a tendency, you know, when there's black athletes that do really well, they always say they're It's just their gift, yeah. Yeah. But no, his was a mental thing that made him. Yeah, his focus right. was impeccable, right? Yeah. And I think also his work ethic and yeah. the way he learned and with his dad taking him to courses. I remember hear- hearing him once talk about what was it? It was a major that he won. It was it started to get dark and they were they played it out to the end and he won. And he in an interview afterwards was saying how he knew how to hit balls in the dark cuz that's when they used to go out to the course at Santa. night. Right. And his dad his dad had him hitting balls out there in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, he practicing under the the worst conditions that you could do, but that made him really be able to play well when the conditions were bad. Yeah, I think that was against uh, Rocco Media. Yes, yeah. Uh, And there's a lot of work involved. I mean, this is somebody who has really worked very hard, I think, to get where they are. And sometimes people overlook that. mm -hmm. You know, as if he was kind of given something. Right. I I think they do overlook that. I mean, he's he's an amazing uh, person, too. I'm on the, I sit on the board of his foundation and I've been on the board for you know, five years or so. And he works as hard with his foundation as he does with his golf. He's at every single board meeting. He knows all the kids that are on scholarship. He's actively involved in every aspect. And I've never seen a celebrity who is as involved in their foundation as Tiger is. Yes, but it's been nice, too, I think, to, to see him kind of rehabilitate his mm-hmm. image a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how, you know, when the whole scandal broke with him and, you know, all of the, the girls he was seeing and all that stuff, and they right. all started talking right. and everything, and, and everyone was like, oh, Tiger. And you kind of <laughs> fast forward to today and yeah. look at the kinds of things that we are seeing, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole Me Too movement and right. everything. It's, it's really kind of interesting when you look back on you know tiger was doing something that a lot of guys some girls do as well Mm -hmm. you know dating outside of of their marriage seeing other people outside of their marriage consensual though and Mm -hmm. as all of the women have said as well you know but we can all think about there i'm sure everybody's got something that boy we would hate 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For everybody to know (laughs) about us. But when you're in the spotlight like that, those things are going to happen to you. And uh, it's been nice, though, to see him. He's kind of humanized to me now in a way that he wasn't before that incident. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I I would agree. Yeah, I think he he has made a tremendous comeback. You know, not only the the scandal with the women, but the pain he was in. That's right. I mean, you think about and not it. being able to play. Once you've played at a level right. that high, right. to then come back and to not be That's able true. to play, right? Not make the cut in right. a lot of tournaments, right. you know. And and to see uh, see him win the U.S. Open on a broken leg. I mean that that's incredible. But you're right. Here's a guy that was at the high, the greatest player ever, and then he went down to where he couldn't even hit a golf ball. You know, would miss a cut, couldn't even finish a round. So I think it's an amazing story that he's come back to win a ter- major tournament, to win the the tour championship. It's a testament to that fortitude that that we were talking about, that mental toughness that he has. It's a tribute to modern science, too. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Because Absolutely. years ago, I mean, there, there are procedures yeah. now that exist and and training strategies that exist mm-hmm. that didn't exist before. That's true. That can make mm-hmm. a huge difference in something like that. There was a time, though, like for me, because I like to watch golf, mm-hmm. but what we would do is we would record because golf goes on forever. <laughs> Come on now. You know, when you love sports, it's hard because there's not enough hours in the day to keep yeah. up with all right. these games and all the stuff that's going on and then all the coverage of everything and the right. talk shows and the debates and all of that stuff but we would record the golf and then we would just fast forward past people who we didn't care about and we'd watch tiger and a mm-hmm. couple of other people you know and and do it that way now of course you can um uh, with direct tv and some of the others they, yeah you that. can look you can follow a player mm-hmm. or follow That's a group true. and so oh, yeah. that there's a lot of different ways to to watch it now but i have found that since the time that tiger took off i'm kind of interested in a lot of this the new wave of golfers too oh, great. you know with with um, uh, Justin, Justin Johnson, Johnson, Dustin Johnson and right, yeah, right. Justin Rose. And you got Tony Pena out there. You, there's, yeah. a, there's a whole new wave of athletic uh, golfers out there now. Right. You got Cameron Champ, who's a, tr- a tremendous golfer as well. Uh, we've got Tim O'Neill. Uh, so there are a number of golfers that would be able to play different sports at any given point in time. They just right. chose golf as their main well, I think that a big part of what you guys are doing with the Advocates Professional Golf Association is trying to find some of those golfers and nourish them, nurture them along the way and, and kind of help us. Tell us a little bit. Um, um, why don't Why don't you start, Ken, and tell us about the organization, how it got started and what some of the things are you trying to do? Well, we started uh, 10 years ago. This is our 10th anniversary. And, and actually, it started kind of innocently enough. The conversation I had with Adrian Stills, who has been um, a friend of mine and a friend of Cole's. And Adrian actually played on the PGA Tour. And so we were playing golf one day and just having a conversation. And I said, Adrian, why uh, aren't there more African-Americans on the PGA Tour? And when Adrian played, there were probably 10 or 11. And at that time, 10 years ago, there was one Tiger Woods. 
And he said that back when he came along, there was a tour, the United Golf Association tour, where um, African-Americans had a chance to, to hone their games. They had a chance to play tournaments. And he felt like if we could recreate something like that, then, you know, we could produce more African-Americans and other minorities. And so with that in mind, uh, went out, got some money, and we started with three tournaments back in 2010, and now we're at seven tournaments. We started, our first prize was $4,000 back in those days. Now uh, we'll have 15 at our tour championship. We have a bonus pool, but the big thing after we we were in this for a few years. The big thing is we felt like uh, we needed to get more kids involved, introduce the game to more kids, not only to get them uh, playing golf, but also thinking about health and wellness and careers. And so we started the Advocates Foundation. And so at every one of our events, we bring in kids from community organizations, introduce them to the game. Uh, Adrian and some of our players give them golf lessons. And for most of these kids, it's the first time they've been on a golf course. And it's the first time they've held a golf club. Uh, so the excitement is unbelievable. I mean, they're fired up about actually hitting a golf right. ball. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I think... And I guess they actually hit it instead of whiffing it like you did, uh, huh, some Colt? Of them, I some, <laughs> some of them whiff. Some of them hold the wrong end of the club. <laughs> yeah. But some of them are pretty good. So And so uh, the kids that do show promise and want to do it, we uh, provide lessons for them to continue or get them in a program. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I really think that the next Tiger Woods is out there in some of those classes, either that we're doing or some some of these classes uh, that are introducing kids to the game. Um, and, and I look at tennis and tennis, um, you know, they, you know, 20 years ago, there wasn't anybody on the tennis circuit. Now they're, you know, 10 or 11 African-American women ranked in the top 100 in the world. And they got some guys coming on, guys too, with Francis Tiafoe. Tiafoe. And we keep praying for Donald Young. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. But Tiafoe's going to be awesome. He, he already is. is. And young guy, 21 years old. Yeah, I think he's going to win some majors. I really do. And there's, there's a bunch of other uh, kids coming up. So tennis has really opened it up. If you have ability, then the tennis community will help you get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, golf is catching up to that, and we're trying to play our role in, in catching up with that. So, Cole, how do, how do uh, people, though, from disadvantaged communities deal with the expense of being involved with playing golf? You know, you talk about all the equipment that's necessary, and then the access uh, to courses. There's some pretty good public courses oh, here, though. Yeah. And I, right. I'd like to talk a little bit about that, too, what some of your favorite courses are. But uh, how are you addressing some of that? Well, there there are different programs that are available uh, to to many of the youth, especially here in, in California. I mean, one is one is the first T program that they're doing a lot. And then there are other organizations such as uh, LA 84 that has a golf component. Uh, the Brotherhood Crusade is actually uh, working with with the APGA tour to do them some things as well. Um, and then let's not leave out uh, the sponsorship. You know, we went over, we went over to Lexus and Lexus just said, you know what? We want to be a part of what you're doing. So they funded, um, we've got a three year contract with Lexus for the APGA tour. And then when we brought in the uh, advocates foundation uh, portion, AHF AIDS health foundation said, we want to be a part of that, uh, 
what you guys are doing as well. Mm -hmm. So without that uh, initial funding from those two entities, uh, we would still be very, very much resource dependent and struggling to do what we do. Uh, And then we also have other companies that are sponsoring us as well. We've got uh, the PGA Tour that helps us quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Nestle's helps us quite a bit. Yes, Ken has never really (laughs) left. (laughs) Ken has Uh, no problem with going back home to Nestle. (laughs) And and they have supported a lot of great causes over the years. And a lot of it because you made them aware of those. Farmers, farmers insurance Mm -hmm. uh, as well. So the sponsorship is growing uh, for us. And then we're able to reach out to the community. I call it a grassroots approach. So when we go to different cities, we ask many of our members on the board to reach out to perhaps their their fraternities or some of the universities they attended so we can help bring in more youth from those communities, from those surrounding communities. We are in seven cities, as Ken stated. Uh, Our next city that we'll be venturing into is Miami. And what are the other cities you're in already? We're right now we're in um, we're in uh, Miami. We're in we're in Tampa. We have a tournament in Dallas. Our tour championship is in Atlanta. And then uh, this year, we're going to be playing uh, TPC Scottsdale. Chicago. And, it's and, nice. And then we've in also Tampa. played uh, Chicago. In and Tampa. we play Innisbrook in uh, Tampa, Tampa, Florida. Which will be nice because uh, Innisbrook is a black-owned uh, resort. Oh. resort. Sheila Frazier owns it. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. they have a PGA Tour tournament there. And uh, so Sheila Frazier, uh, not Sheila Frazier, Sheila Johnson. Johnson. Oh, okay, from uh, Johnson... Johnson Publishing Uh Yeah, so she owns... She Actually, it's a great story because Sheila owns uh, 10 or 11 golf resorts. That's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. She And and high-end golf resorts. So Salamander is the name of her company that owns these resorts. Mm -hmm. And so she's been... She's partnered with you guys as well on on some of this. She's partnered with us Mm -hmm. on Innisbrook. She gave us an unbelievable rate and uh, she's been our partner at Innisbrook. Now, for anybody who who is listening to us who's maybe got kids or is aware of, of kids that are in their neighborhood or something who might potentially have talent and uh, wanted to be involved in this, how do how do you find the people that you get involved in your program, the young people? The Advocates Foundation would be the, uh, the initial avenue for the young ones to come in because that's where we have the youth clinic. The APGH or... Is mainly professionals, but we do invite amateurs who are not entitled to prize money, of course. Those but it are, gives them an opportunity it gives to them play. Op- it gives mm-hmm. them opportunity to play on, and to on be the same seen. sturge and mm-hmm. to be seen. And they can test their skill. Uh, they can test their skills against the uh, the professionals. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's a there's a number of programs out there uh, that introduce kids to the game. You were, you were asking about the cost to how we deal mm-hmm. with the high cost of golf. Mm-hmm. First Tee is an interesting organization because uh, a young person can get involved in the First Tee, and we've partnered with the First Tee. They can get involved with the First Tee for a nominal fee. First Tee will provide clubs for them um, when they're getting introduced to the game. And once they really decide they want to play golf, uh, I think they can play golf courses, public golf courses, for like a dollar. Uh, so those kinds of groups have greatly reduced the cost of golf because golf is outrageously expensive. And so what we, we've seen is that a young person who wants to play golf, they could play in high school and pretty much get everything taken care of. They can play in college if they're good enough. But golf is kind of like the foster care system. Once a, a, a young person uh, finishes college, they're pretty much out on their own. And so we found that that minority players 
um, they're just kind of out there trying to figure their way out, uh, way out and how to figure out how to get on tour. So we kind of fill that gap for them. So we not only provide the tournaments for them to play, but we had uh, one young person that actually went to Dr. Williams. The, the young person had a bad back and couldn't afford medical care. So we paid for him to go see Dr. Oh, Williams. That's great. Dr. Right. Williams gave us an unbelievable deal. But, um, you know, we, we are that gap for them until they're able to make enough money and get to the point where they can play on tour. So I think we provide a, a valuable resource in that area. So you guys also have a front row seat to see some of the minority players that are coming up right now. Tell oh, us yeah. about some of the names that we should be looking for in the future. I think that if you look at uh, guys who have played our tour, Tony Finau, who's mm-hmm. in the top You've ten. You've been seeing him a lot now. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tony, Tony played in our tour championship in L.A. at Chester, Washington. And, uh-huh. and you go out to Chester, they still talk about how far Tony hit the right. ball. <laughs> Harold Varner. Harold Varner. Uh, who's on the PGA Tour right now. He played in our Tampa tournament. But if you look at the guys who are playing our tour all the time, Willie Mack from Detroit. Willie finished fifth at uh, PGA Tour Latino America. Great young player. Trey Valentine from Florida. Kamayu Johnson. From Jacksonville, right. uh, Florida. There are a number of, of guys out there that are right at the cusp of making it. And we, we say a putt or two of from making it on the PGA Tour and being on TV. <laughs> so I think you'll see these guys. Another five years, I think you'll see a whole different face in golf. We kind of look forward to that. As uh, we were all looking forward here to the Genesis Open, which was just last week here in Southern California out at uh, Riviera, which um, you know I used to work with Brian McKnight here. Brian is, oh. a, is an avid golfer, and I understand you know plays very well. Yeah. Um, but he loves Riviera, talks about that course all the time. But I was wondering... You you know, because we were wondering back and forth, are they going to be able to play? Because we've been having all this horrible weather and all the rain coming in and stuff. And one thing I notice about golf is I, I see people, they play golf in the rain. <laughs> it's like, you know, football and golf seem to be the only sports where they're like, oh, who cares about the weather? Let's just play. Right. So some of those football games, I'm sorry. Yeah. Some of those, they need to just stop. <laughs> I agree. But how do you determine how much rain is too much rain? What would make you cancel playing or cancel a tournament? How, what, what has to happen? Well, we went through that. We had our, our big L.A. tournament uh, a few weeks ago and during that whole rainy thing. It was supposed to be a four-day event and it only ended up being two days. And part of it is lightning. When it's lightning, yeah. you know, we cancel all Got to shut all that down. Shut all of right. it down. And then the other thing is if the greens get flooded, if there's too much water on the greens, uh, then they, they postpone play. And I'm uh, sure they have pretty good drainage, though, most of these courses, most so of because them, of that them. reason, right? Yeah, most of them. Yeah. All the courses, like Riviera, is unbelievable in mm-hmm. that respect. You know, they if it rains, they got got 100 people out there squeezing the greens and, and trying to make it playable. But golf, they play, unless it's lightning, pretty much, or just a crazy <laughs> downpour. But just bring the umbrellas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just bring the umbrellas. And the guys are out there playing. That's really something. Well, I tell you what, we are excited about the work that you're doing. Looking forward to seeing more uh, minority players coming through your organization and more kids being able to be exposed to uh, golf as well. One last question. Uh, what do you guys think? You think Tiger's going to win another major? Is it going to happen? I believe he will. I believe he has it in his bag there. So we just have to wait and see. I think he's going to win multiple majors. I think he's going to be, I think he's hitting the ball as well as he ever has. Right. 
And he seems more relaxed too. He does. He, he, he seemed very uncomfortable yeah, for quite is. a while yeah. when he's coming back, and I think it was a lot more than than the back issues. Just I think so. The whole thing, you know. But he's, you know, he, he looks different now. I think he. I had the opportunity to play with him um, a month or so ago. How'd you said, do? Why? Well, <laughs> he's the greatest player of all time. <laughs> Uh, I had some good shots, but but uh, he had some good shots. Yeah, but to see him up close like that is amazing. I mean, he's—I think he's hitting the ball as well as ever. Now, what's missing is that whole belief that he's going to make every putt that you know right. that means something. And and people almost expect that. that. Yeah, yeah, you do. You know, I think he did too, and so he's gradually getting that back. And I think once he gets that back, I think he's going to win multiple majors. And I think it's more interesting now that the other players are not quite as intimidated by him. I think that makes it a lot yeah, more interesting, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, than, than yeah. when he would just whoop every. Like when Serena was yeah. at the height of her powers, and the, you, we didn't right. expect anybody to beat her anyway. No. Right. You know, so it's always a competition is a real important element of any kind of sporting event. There's got to be some competition. A beatdown oh, yeah. is, is never a lot of fun. <laughs> well, well, you bring up tennis, and uh, I think this, uh, this young girl that's uh, Japanese and Haitian. Oh, yes. Naomi Osaka. She's going to be awesome. She is awesome already. already. She's already won two majors in a row, and I'm looking to see who's going to be the one that beats her. She's pretty awesome. I think, oh, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, speaking of women, uh, I had on the program just recently Troy Mullins, who's, I don't know if you, do you know Troy? Oh, gosh. The long drive champ. Yeah. Oh, she's incredible. And she had a great story about how they were were out uh, hitting on the course, and, and, uh, and Tiger came to watch while she was hitting <laughs> and how nervous she was. Are we going to see more minority women, do you think, playing golf? I think we will. Uh, Maura Stackhouse from Stanford is uh, on tour now. She's doing really well. Uh, Tiger's niece, uh, Cheyenne Woods, is out there. She's on She's on tour. Uh-huh. I think we will. Again, I think golf. the golf establishment has to use the tennis model and take cost out of it. You know, and and when they do that, I think you'll see uh, the floodgates of people uh, doing it because it's still it's still really expensive once you get to that level. But there's a another woman at Stanford that's really good. Uh, I was watching the NCAs last year. Alabama Mm -hmm. had a a woman that was African American woman that that's uh, really good. So I think you'll see more. You definitely will. So for people who want to and find out more ab- about uh, about your organizations, why don't you tell us uh, how they can do that? Well, two ways. One is the uh, APGATour.org. Just go online and uh, you'll find more information on our website. And then also the AdvocatesFoundation.org. And you'll find out about our health and wellness career symposium. Facebook, too. We're on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Right. So we're using all the social mediums out there. It's been fun chatting yeah. with you gentlemen. It's good seeing both of you yeah. again. Always a pleasure. And I hope you'll come back and see me again real soon. Oh, definitely. Well, I hope <laughs> to see you on the golf course. That's <laughs> yes, where I want to see Yes, as a matter of fact, I think, I think I'm going to learn how to play golf. We're going to invite you out. Okay, oh, but I... you all are going to hook a sister up, right? Yeah, we're going to hook a sister up. We're going to get you a starter. All right. I'm expecting that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This lady loves sports and so do these two guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Thanks, Pat. Thank you.